Welcome to the podcast Sagacious IP Tech Talks with Sumit Prasad of Sagacious IP. This is a one-of-its-kind podcast focused on learning and sharing experiences of both intellectual property tool developers and their users from different industry verticals in their pursuit to uncover new age tools and technologies that shape the future of global intellectual property practice. Hear from tool developers and service providers, IP attorneys and partners, in-house IP counsels and IP practitioners to understand how AI, machine learning, robotic process automation, big data analytics, cloud computing, blockchain, and many other technologies affect the next generation of IP practices. So let's get into the podcast with your host, Sumit. Welcome to today's episode of Sagacious IP Tech Talks. Our guest for today is Dr. Tim Paulman from Berlin, Germany, CEO and founder of IPlytics. Tim earned his doctoral degree from Berlin Institute of Technology with a dissertation on patenting and coordination in standardization. He went on to work as an economist and consultant for the industry, as well as the European Commission and the WIPO. Tim is recognized thought leader, panel speaker, and lecturer on the topics of SEPs, brand licensing, patent pools, and advanced patent intelligence. In 2013, Tim founded IPlytics with the vision of creating the first solution to bring together patents and standard data together. And when I say standard data, it includes declared standard essential patents, patent pools, technical standards and contribution data that is, uh, uh, that is there with the SSOs. And then with this collaboration to provide industry-leading analysis on past, present, and future of standard essential technology. So let's take this conversation forward with Tim and learn from his experiences of uh, developing this platform or a tool for IP industry. Hi, Tim. Welcome to our podcast. Hello, Sumit. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad of being here. Thank you. Uh, so um, most of us have at least, um, at least in the IP space, have heard about IPlytics platform. And you're already running a podcast, uh, The SAP Couch, where you, we have heard about your thoughts around SAPs, standards from your guests and from yourself. So let's go back in time and uh, no, uh, let's learn about your journey of starting IPlytics. Uh, and more importantly, why you choose this problem statement to start this venture? Sure. Yeah. Happy to go back in time and tell you a little bit where I come from. Um, I think for me, the first time I um, came in touch with the whole topic of standards and then patents that are essential to these standards was in 2008. Um, I was finishing my studies then. I was an economics st uh, student um, and I, uh, we did a project for the German ministry on so-called back then patent trolls. Today we would rather call these companies patent assertion entities, which used standard central patents to enforce their patent rights. And because that topic was so exciting to me, I decided to do a whole PhD on it. Um, so I, I moved to Berlin in 2009 and started a PhD at the TU Berlin, which was about patents and standards and SCPs. So exactly that topic that I'm still working on today. And really from that PhD, um, which was an empirical a PhD, so I took data and, and, and analyzed it economically. Um, it also included working um, back then very early on for the European Commission. We did one of the first empirical studies on declared SEPs back then with the professor Knud Blind um, and Rudy Beckers. Um, and really from there on, um, I worked with data on patents and standards. 
And while in the beginning, of course, it was very academic, I quickly found out that, of course, also the industry is very interested in that data, you know, in an applied sense, not in an academic sense, that understanding who owns which kinds of patents declared to a certain standard is quite valuable information. Um, so from all my PhD and some consultant work after, as you already um, uh, summarized my, my CV, um, the idea came up that the, the world of patents and standards is somehow diverse, um, divorced. So I met my co-founders and we founded iPolitics back in 2014. Uh, we went on to the Microsoft Accelerator, which is an early stage accelerator back then that allows you to directly deploy your solution on Azure Cloud. So we were, mm. Microsoft calls them uh, a basically Azure-born startup. And we got the first seed investment in 2016, the high-tech Gründerfonds. Mm. So we built a team. And from there on, we got an A-series investment with the capital. And now we have a worldwide team across US, UK, Germany, still our headquarter. But also we have people now in China, Korea, and Japan. Japan. So, you know, we really grew the team from, from back then um, when mm. the software you know, became uh, launched to the market and became more popular. Okay, that's that's good to know. So what are the benefits? Uh, I mean, there are some cost and time benefits, but what are, what are the indirect benefits that your customer gets from this platform? I mean, to put it simple, um, declared patent data is widely distributed. So there are over 25 different standards organizations that host databases of so-called declared patents. We have over 10 patent pools that maintain databases on pooled patents, and then we have over 100 standards organizations that all have different published standards documents. And all that data is often available only on HTML websites, spreadsheets, sometimes even PDFs. And it's very time consuming to actually access this data. So I think it's very common to have access to worldwide patent data from all these different patent offices. But especially when we started Ipolytics, it wasn't common at all to have that kind of one-stop access on data for declared patents and standards. And then there was no connection to the world of patents. So that is actually what we're doing. Uh, we're connecting the world of declared patents and standards and worldwide patent filings together, uh, which is as simple to start with, you know, a patent is typically just declared, just a number. So who owns the patent? You know, what are the family counterparts? Is it active? When does it expire? Um, then we connect, of course, changes of ownership, litigation information to it. And then, of course, we have a bit more um, a fancy um, analysis on also looking at the standard side of things, looking at, you know, how does the patent relate to the standard? Has the patentee, for example, also contributed to the standard? So we're pulling standards contribution data, also data that is quite difficult to maintain and access to get really the full picture of development of a standards on the one hand, where companies meet in these standards organizations and the filing of patents on the other hand, and, you know, getting that databases together. So I understand PTOs have their own way of uh, maintaining data and they have much more structured way of providing that data. So when you talk about SSOs, the standard setting organization bodies, what type of tie-ups you have with them or how do you consume data from them? It's very unstructured and you say it's, it's very diverse. So how do you manage to get the data from that side? From PTOs, it's still easier, I would say, using APIs right. and uh, the APIs provided by PTOs. Right, yes, there's, there's no... Unfortunately, no API yet that gives you access to all these standards data. Um, and that's also why we have, you know, very different solutions with different organizations. For some organizations, we're using their internal data server so we can pull data on a, on a regular mm -hmm. basis. But for some small organizations, we really just, you know, have to 
go to the website and, and you know, uh, scrape the data, download spreadsheets, convert PDFs to actual databases. So some of that is really um, not manual, obviously. We have automated it all, but it's not, um, you know, a standardized access um, interface as we know it from the patent world. So it's still a lot of work to maintain all these different sources and put them together. But more and more, we create corporations with standards bodies to have a more structured access to the databases. So it's not more unified. You have to take a custom approach to every for every SSO. Yeah, and the challenge is it's growing. Um, you know, we have more and more organizations out there that set and develop standards. So it mm-hmm. makes it more and more, you know, challenging to keep up with that and to integrate new databases. And it's all always different. So a lot of what we do is unifying and standardizing standards databases um, <laughs> to getting access to it, you know, in a one interface, basically. Rightly put. So um, since we are talking about the tool and the customers, and since this is the major benefit that the customers would get. So if you have any of your customers who have talked about the criteria, how they measure their ROI, uh, can you explain us through a case study where they have come up with an innovative way of measuring the ROI from this platform, this type of uh, analysis or data that you get from your platform? Yeah, I think the best way to explain it is to look at the different personas that use IPlytics, right? Though the most typical one from a customer would be the patent portfolio managers. Those, for example, of our customers, if you think about the top 20 SEP owning companies, 90, 95% of them are our customers, right? And they're the right. portfolio managers have to manage a patent portfolio like any other portfolio manager, but with mm-hmm. relation to the standards. So it's a very similar exercises with other tools, you know, you manage and you value your portfolio, you understand how likely essential it is or not, you know, how strong it is in comparison to your competitors. But then we also selling to the persona of a licensing executive, uh, someone who, you know, is um, selling and licensing patents. Um, Mm -hmm. They need to understand other criteria, you know, um, what kind of um, patents am I licensing in or licensing out or should I acquire or not acquire? And then also Mm -hmm. we are selling to the R&D departments that look at standards data in a different way in terms of how can we align our R&D developments with regards to standards, you know, really setting Mm -hmm. and developing the standards and then strategically making sure that we're filing patents that later become essential. And these three personas are the typical ones that we would sell to. Um, and here, actually, both sides of the table, we are not selling only to the SCP owners. We are also selling to the implementers, the largest implementers, um, in particular, the larger car manufacturing OEMs, the tier one, mm-hmm. tier two suppliers, the chip manufacturers. And then, of course, all the companies involved, intermediates, um, you know, that do transactions or the patent pools themselves, they are customers or um, the law firms, obviously, and the advisory firms. So all these companies in the ecosystems to make you know, SAP licensing happening to support litigation, unfortunately, of course, also in SEPs to set up pools, to launch pools, to make, you know, to increase pools, all these different um, use cases we cover with with the iPolitics platform software. Yeah. As data is being called the next oil, I think your data is fueling every uh, persona that you just mentioned in uh, getting their job done with this data because that's how they will get the confidence on the insights that they are making. So, uh, wow, that's that's really great. So, uh, but when you started this venture, was there any uh, objection or were there any challenges in discussing this tool applicability with your customers, or or was it like, uh, wow, this is this is super exciting. Let's let's get it on board. 
No, unfortunately, like every startup or every business you start, you have a lot of challenges, right? And I mean, think about it. Um, today, it's, it's very obvious. SEPs are important. People understand that, especially since 5G became big and IoT and connectivity. But mm. when we started, it was something new. Um, I mean, selling to SEP owners, of course, you know, the companies like the Nokias and Qualcomms, the Interdigitals, they do that for years. They understood very well what we do. But mm -hmm. sell, uh, IPlytics, selling IPlytics in 2014 to a car manufacturing OEM was a different thing. They didn't even know they need this. Still today, the data is new. Patent data, is you don't have to explain that much to the users. But standards data is something new. So a lot of what we do is also educating and uh, making people understand what this data can be used for and what not, right? The limitations as well. And I mean, it, it starts, um, the challenges start with having someone looking at the data and saying, well, this is great, this looks good, but you know, what's next? How can I get actionable insights from your software? Um, yeah. And who should be the person responsible within the corporation? And what kind of decisions do we want to make? on top of that. So IPlytics has a very specific value proposition. So we don't often pitch against other software tools because we are typically the only ones that have the data. Our challenge is more, why is it relevant and how can we take IPlytics into our process of decision-making in our IP department and our licensing department and our legal uh, uh, department, but also R&D departments. And that is more often for our teams a business development work rather than competing and going up to pitches we don't do that really we really go in and we have to say hey this is your organization this is why you should care about the connectivity world of 5g and wi-fi and video coding and this is this is all the questions we can answer and this is our value proposition that is more the, the mm -hmm. challenge that we are up against typically compared maybe to other ip software tools Okay, okay. I, I think the, the recent case, SAP case on Daimler would have helped you in on making this value proposition more important for automobile sector, at least OEMs. <laughs> of course. I mean, uh, it, I think litigation, of course, may, may not be good, but it shows how important it is and it, it gives an urgency. And it also, of course, mm. um, an urgency for users to, to understand, hey, you need to be prepared here. Um, and you know, you shouldn't go blind into a negotiation. Not saying that any of the OEMs go blind in it, but it's, mm -hmm. of course, you can have more structured um, approaches to it. And in the end, my argument is always, it's not only that you know what the SEP owners do and how valuable their portfolios are or how much share an Avanci pool has. This is mm -hmm. one question, but the other one is, hey, you should look ahead. You know, what is an OEM's business in 10 years? Prepare mm -hmm. for that. What, what should be the IP strategy for an OEM? And that should be, hey, you also have to develop and set standards, not core 5G or 6G. That's the telecom guys. But yeah. you, should, you should look at the implementation. How should a standard be implemented? Because standardization is the core development and then the implementation, the use cases. And you can also file implementation patents. You can also set implementation standards. And that should be you know, also something they should have in mind you know, in their strategy that also investing in standards development is important. Rightly said. So since you already have that data, what is the future of this platform? So now going next two to three years, what is it that you have planned as a roadmap for this product or this platform? 
I think that the major challenge with the data still is that when looking at all these databases of declared patents, these patents are declared, self-declared. No mm -hmm. one knows if they are central or not, right? And typically, True. the only person that, you know, these organizations have subject matter experts or experts, I think, like, like your guys um, as well, that can tell, you know, that can read claims and they can chart mm -hmm. claims. We cannot do that at IPolytics. We, we're not mm -hmm. these kind of people. But we can develop a software that takes a step closer to getting to the truth. So mm -hmm. how can we, in an intelligent way, connect the world of patents and standards? For example, we have a new feature that we will launch this quarter that semantically compares independent claims to all the different sections of a standard. And that, of course, will not replace a subject matter expert. It cannot be as precise. And, and we, we don't want that. But there are a lot of situations where you have a portfolio of several thousands of patent families where you cannot just you know, have a subject matter expert look at all these family members. Um, yeah. So what you can do is you can get a first guess, right? You can see, oh, that portfolio has a certain score. Like it's, it's very semantically related to sections. Mm -hmm. This may be essential. It might, may only be related. We don't know. Mm -hmm. But at least you know um, how much you know, garbage is in the portfolio and how much you should look at. And then an expert comes in and looks at maybe the higher scoring patents and confirms, yeah, these are really essential. Some of them are not, but these are really essential. So it also helps the subject matter experts to be more efficient. And that is mm -hmm. exactly where we want to go. We're starting that feature, for example, with declared patents. But the idea is that any patent in the world, we want to compare to any standard, um, which is, you know, we have you know, hundreds of millions of patents and, you know, several millions of standards documents, which are typically 400, 500 pages long. And having a computer do that and pre-sort it and say, hey, that patent may not be essential at all, but it relates to this standard is already quite information that is important. That's where we want to go, a, a more holistic approach to, it's not only telecom, you know, standards development is also beyond telecom and in the internet mm -hmm. of think everything will be connected. So how can yes. we relate, relate that data of connectivity standards to worldwide patent filing? So any business and any company can relate their patent and standards data. And that's, I think, the vision we have, you know, having a more holistic approach on worldwide patent mm -hmm. filing and relating that to worldwide standards development. So this uh, feature that you are launching, is it okay to say that this is possible now with the advent of these new age technologies, AI, machine learning, or deep learning models that we have, advanced deep learning models? So do you, have you seen that uh, change in acceptance level of these technologies in IP softwares? And is it true to say that due to acceptance of these technologies, the softwares, the intelligence in the softwares are improving? And what's your take on that? How you, uh, you know, when you compare it with uh, the time when you started this company in 2018 or 2013 or 14 era to, uh, you know, 10 years down the lane, how do you see that change in, in terms of technology purely? Yeah, I think we are on a very good way. Um, we have more and more IP software that implements whatever kind of AI and whatever people define AI. I think it's, it's often maybe also used too much. But mm -hmm. I think what is important here is for any, at least for our customers, is to have transparency on what you're doing, right? No one wants a black box that gives you a score and, you know, that here you go, right? This is your score. And no one knows what it actually means and what you, how we can mm -hmm. work with it. So mm -hmm. one of the, the big thing is, you know, the bias and the precision, how, how mm. precise is it, right? For example, we at IPolytics say our, you know, the feature that we were launching this quarter, we call that a semantic essentially score, is not a score maybe that is on a patent level very accurate. But on a portfolio level, as to the rule of large numbers, it gives you a good understanding and you can use it, right? 
Um, mm -hmm. Then the next question is, okay, it's, it's precise in terms of looking at portfolios, but what is the bias? Maybe there is a company from China that has a very different way of drafting claims and their score is you know, systematically lower than that European company score. That will be a bias, right? I mean, that wouldn't be something fair to use as an indicator of valuation. So the next question mm -hmm. is, it must be objective. And this is, you know, a, if you want to implement AI, you have to do a lot of, again, education with customers to tell them these are the boundaries and the limits of how you can use it. And you should be aware of these limitations, but that mm -hmm. doesn't mean you shouldn't use it. You just have to be aware of how to use it, right? And not misuse it. And I think if we are going step by step in that direction, we are on a good way of getting there, right? I mean, we cannot expect that AI will solve tomorrow all our problems, right? Um, and we cannot expect that it tells us which pattern is exactly essential in all these different ways of how essentiality is defined, but yeah. it can support this process and make allow you better guessing and understanding what's going on. And I think that's, if we are keeping that in mind, I think we're on a good way already. And as you said, the times have changed. Um, when we started this, no one, no one even thought about, I mean, this is sci-fi things with AI and robots <laughs> and, you know, um, but I think now people understand what it actually means, AI, mm -hmm. right? It, it means somehow to predict something based on past events, what, you know, you can understand now. So, mm -hmm. but I think it's exciting. I think it's very exciting and I hope companies are, are more open to it. I think there's still a long way to go. We're not there yet. We have to do a lot more education. We have to do a lot more podcasts like this to get people educated on that this is useful actually. Okay, great. So uh, talking about the stage of uh, the state at which the community is right now, IP community, is there any message that you would like to give IP community as at large and, and as a tool developer, what is the support you expect from them in return? I mean, being a customer, what should we look at uh, when we are looking at a platform or a tool, especially in IP industry, because that's, uh, that's something which we don't often talk about. And uh, we often ignore it when we see a tool that we, we often ignore their importance and not give it a shot. I um, mean, that's what we have heard from a lot of uh, our speakers who are tool developers. So they see that the lack in accepting the tool, uh, the lack of acceptance is uh, way higher than trying it out and then saying, okay, this is what we want in, in the tool. So if you have to convey a message to the IP community, what would it be? I think my first message is using software. It's also not about trying it out. It's about really having um, a proof of concept about answering your questions and your challenges, um, because that's only when a software can create value, right? When you have a challenge and software can solve that challenge. And sometimes people are not even aware that software can solve a challenge. And again, you cannot expect that it solves, you know, everything you do. You have to still make your own decisions based on data. But I think giving it a try and understanding your challenges, defining your challenges, and then looking at a software tool like this is always providing value. Also, when you understand a software cannot answer certain questions, it also gives value to someone. So as you said, I think ignoring that um, is nothing that I would recommend. I think it always makes sense to look at a software, look at your own challenges and how that software can solve it. And if that is enough, if the value proposition is big enough, you know, go ahead and use it and implement it in your process. But of course, you need a process. You need to integrate it. You cannot just have a tool and play around with it. So I don't like the words testing and play around very much. I think you always need that proof of concept and, mm -hmm. you know, a very close use case to your problems. 
And then I think people sometimes have too high of expectations of, you know, that data and tools solve every, all of your problems. The expectation must be different. It supports your, your decision-making. And, uh, you know, and it's better than to be blind because this is the alternative. You're blind, right? If you don't use data, you don't know anything, right? And even if data doesn't solve all your problems, doesn't mean you should use it at all, right? And that's, if, if, if people are getting closer to that approach, I think um, we are getting there. And what my understanding typically is from all our users, it also increases the users standing in the company, right? You have access to a certain database. You have access to information. You have mm -hmm. something to say. You can, you can contribute. And um, it also, in the end, creates more business for the company. Let's say you're a law firm. If you have a tool, you can create more business. You can tell people something that others don't. So it always gives you a competitive advantage in that sense. So be open to data. Um, don't be scared. Try it out. Use it. I think especially the latest um, solutions out there look very nice, very intuitive. So you have to really try it and use it and give it a, give it a good shot and, and not ignore that. So that will be my, my take on that. Great, great. Um, I think that is really important at this point of time where we are talking about so many tools, so many intelligence tools, intelligence being put up in the IP data. It's, it's really important to give it a, give it a shot and then uh, share your experiences back with the developers who are developing these tools, these algorithms. Thank you so much, Tim, for your time and thank you for this inspiring talk. I'm sure the insights that you have shared will help our listeners relate to your journey and improve their perspectives of, uh, on these IP intelligence tools. In case they have any questions, how can they contact you? They can always email me. It's very easy. It's Pullman, my last name, at ipolitics.com. You can directly email me with any questions. Of course, tune in to our podcast as well. Um, by the way, I appreciate you having me. I think it's a great initiative you have here. IP Hub mm -hmm. and, you know, getting all the tools together. This is great. I'm, I'm happy to support that. But, you know, also go to our website. You know, that's easy. Google IPlytics. You, you will find us. No worries. Great. Thank you, listeners, for your continuous support. And thank you, Tim, once again, for your valuable time today. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast Sagacious IP Tech Talks with your host, Sumit Prasad from Sagacious IP. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate it and listen to more episodes in the series. For more information about Sagacious IT for IP initiative and IP tools in general, write to us at info at sagaciousresearch.com. Please do note that the contents of this podcast were intended for general informational purposes only. The views of the guests and the hosts were their personal views and do not represent Sagacious IP. The facts of every legal, business, or technical matter are unique, and the content of this podcast should not be considered as offering legal, business, or technology advice for your specific situation.